Welcome to a bonus uh, one-off special edition episode of the Tilehurst M podcast. Um, we thought, you know, after Saturday's events, we'd we kind of focus on on some positives, really. And uh, you know, this is this is kind of um, strengthening our bond, if you like, between uh, the veil, as as our guest Mark has, has just kind of told us they're they're called, really. But you know, we've we've got we've got Ross as usual, who we'll, we'll throw over to in a minute. But really, we've got we've got Mark uh, Porter who is the chair of the uh, Port Vale Supporters Association. So he's big time. Like, he, he's, you know, real, real big fish here. Um, Mark, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Nice to have you on here. We're going we're gonna to kind of talk, um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, Saturday, but but mainly kind of the empathy that, that you guys have shown to us as a club over the last couple of days. Um, before we do that, massive shout as always to our sponsors, ZTZ Films, who continue to support us, uh, fantastic supporters of our podcast, and, and hopefully will continue to do so for, for many, many pods to come. Um, right, let's have a, a little advert and then we will get straight into it. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to the Tilehurst End at gmail.com. So, Mark, welcome to your uh, Tilehurst End podcast debut, I believe. Um, we kind of we, we got talking over, well, I say talking, um, I kind of saw your, your, your tweets on, on social media and, you know, really, really drawn to to kind of what you were saying and you know just the empathy you were showing to um to our club and, and our situation as to be honest all of your your fans have really over the last couple of days um just just talk to us a little bit about you know your role as as chair of the, the supporters uh, trust or association at, at Port Vale um and kind of you know what what you do day to day for for your football club basically right so um I'm the chair of the Sporters Club, which is a trust. Um, I've been the chair for about six years. I've been involved. I was the vice chair from 2012-13. I kind of work for the supporters. I work with the supporters and I help to, you know, if they've got issues or anything kind of like that and take them to the club. Um, we've, We've faced what you're going through now three times in the last um, 25 years. So we we know what it's like. We know the uncertainty. We know how it, how it feels to be in the situation you're in. And I think that's what kind of spurred the supporters on on Saturday to, to get behind what was going on. And I think as well, for me, it, it, it's all about Listen, we, we we all love our club and we all want our club to, to win and be, be fantastic and we have our rivalries. But I think when 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 a, when a football club goes through something like what you're going through now and what we've been through, it's about showing some compassion and understanding what, what, what you're going through. And from our experience, we wanted to help you and give you some advice and give you some support and help you to go through the, the situation that you're facing at the moment. Mm, I mean, uh, you know, we've, we had, um, I, I, I know Sarah Turner, who I know you've, you've spoken to quite a lot um, yeah. over the last couple of days, uh, Mark. And, and, you know, I, I worked with her when I was on the supports trust and she's fantastic. And I couldn't honestly think of anyone 
you know, better than her to, to be in, in, in the role of, of chair at Star. I mean, you know, we, we talked on the main pod a lot about kind of Saturday's events, so I don't want to kind of go over those again. But, you know, we, we, my, both myself and Ross really were, were kind of wondering if, if your fans knew you know, what was going to happen basically before the game and kind of what what feedback you've had from, from people that were at the game on, on Saturday, for example. Yes, they did know what was what was planned. I don't think they thought the game would get abandoned, but they did know what was going to happen. And about, I think, 1 o'clock, half past 12, 1 o'clock, I wasn't going because I couldn't make it on Saturday for one or two other reasons. But we tweeted out from the supporters club that we stood with you and we understood what you were doing. Um, albeit we didn't know exactly how it would go or what the way you would protest. But we did say we 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 stood with you, and I and I know for a fact that the Port Vale supporters that were there on Saturday counted down ten seconds to the sixteenth minute, so which I think is is showing you quite a lot of solidarity. To be fair, I love that. All of the guys that came, I mean, it's not a it's not a huge trip, but it's not an insignificant trip. Obviously, almost three hours, probably more. Um, down some pretty busy roads, obviously, and then to have the game abandoned and have to go back up. I think, like Ben says, the uh, the attitude of the of the Vale fans was was really impressive. Yeah, I, and I, and I and I think that the Vale fans they get it because we've obviously been there three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I, I can I can guarantee you now from my own experience, there wasn't one supporter. At Reading, who were following Reading on Saturday, wanted to do what they did. Nobody, mm. but they had to do it because really, it 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 really wanted to show what what is going on with your football club. And I think that's the sad thing about it. It's it's something that you've done that that highlights what you're going through. That not necessarily you wanted to do. But it's something that you had to do, um, and and I feel that I, I watched you on the FA Cup game where uh, you were throwing yeah. the tennis balls on the pitch, and 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 that kind of galvanised everything. But from what you did on Saturday, you've now galvanised it and took it to another level, which I think has really kind of snowballed everything. And I didn't think that this week would be. <laughs> The way it's gone, but it, it it has gone that way, and I and I feel that those fans who travelled down from from Stoke on on Saturday to watch the Vale, yes, they didn't get to see a game, but I think that on the wider implication of football, that you were doing what you were doing on Saturday to protect the children and your children's children and their grandchildren and generations to come can watch football. Uh, in Reading, and I think that's that's what we, we 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 understand and we get unbelievably. I know you probably want to go into a little bit more about what we did and how how our situation unfolded over the three times we've had it, but yeah, I, we we totally get it, and, well, and so that's speaking, why. Mark, speaking about that a little bit, then um, can you tell us a little bit for for Reading fans that might not know a bit more of the context around Port Vale's history with owners and um maybe a a a quick run through of the 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 three times you guys have been through these issues in the last 25 years 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. So in around about 2000, 2001, um, we went into administration under our chairman, Billy Bell. Mm-hmm. And we were then bought by a fan-led consortium called V2001, where supporters bought shares in the football club. And it became, there was there was lots of the fans who put life savings in so that we could have a, um, a takeover and, and, and it was run by fans for the fans. That, well, it didn't really work out. It, it became a them and us, um, which the, 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 the protest group Black and Gold was born. Black and Gold until it sold. Uh, black and Gold were our original colours. It was a kind of the supporters that were on the, on the board didn't kind of listen to the supporters that weren't on the board and the people who put their money in. And, it, and it, we, could, we could talk for hours about some of the things that went on, but it was unbelievable. Um, and there were, there were protests against them and then new board people come in and people were selling their shares and this, that and the other. And in the end, um, it came to a point where um, the, a star from out campaign came where people wouldn't buy anything and people didn't go. And in the end, we ended up going to administration. Um, so we went to administration 2000, about 2011, end of 2011. Um, we were then put on the market by the administrator and we were bought by um, two people and they bought the, bought the, 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 the football club in 2012. In their first year, one not long after six, seven months in taking over, there was a bit of a disagreement and one of the people left, the the, the chairman at the time, Paul Wilds, left, which left um, Norman Smirthwaite as a sole owner of the football club. Um, we actually got promoted that year. Everything was great. We, we got promoted and we played Wickham on Saturday. We got promoted at Wickham in, in 2013. Um, but then over a period of a couple of years, it just kind of capitulated and didn't go well. And there was, we, we got relegated. We got promoted a couple of years. We got relegated. Then there was a, then there was a, an experiment where they brought in a manager from Portugal, Bruno Ribeiro. They brought a load of players in from France, all over Europe. Just didn't work out. And um, around about 2016, um, 2017, it started to turn very sour between the supporters and the and the and the board. And in 2018, we started. Um, it was 2018, 2019. It was somebody put a vote of no confidence in. Um, I was the chair at the, at the time of sports club. Somebody put a vote of no confidence in in the owner uh, in a January meeting. And from that, then there was protests. Uh, Black and gold came back. Um, there was a lot of... The, the, it was something that a lot of people didn't want. And then there was a lot of things that went on personal towards people who were protesting. I mean, I got so much yeah. grief at the time. It was unbelievable. Um, I mean, I got, I was spat at, I got death threats, this, that, and the other. Do, uh, do you know what, Mark? I think it's, you know, having been 
you know, as, as I said, sort of, you know, earlier on, I haven't, haven't been involved in the supporters trust. I don't think, I don't think people realise the kind of the dark side that you have to deal with. And it's not all, you know, meetings with a club and, and giving interviews and stuff like there is, there's a massive undercurrent there of, of people seeing you as like the problem, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you're not actively, yeah. you know, if you don't seem like you're actively driving it, even though you are, I mean, that's, yeah. that's quite incredible. And obviously you're, you're still doing that role, which, you know, to me just shows you, you know, the love that you have for the club and, and everything else. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I was, believe it or not, to, to regular listeners, I do do some research sometimes for these pods. And I was, I was looking at, at you guys earlier on and I had no idea that you were formed in 1876. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. similarities there with, with us. Obviously we were 1871, you know, yeah. five years is nothing really in the modern era. But I mean, you know, stuff that, that I was looking at, which, which again, I had no idea. And I think this is, this is positive really, because we find out about other clubs and we kind of get outside our, you know, our comfort zone a little bit. I mean, it, I read somewhere that you've never played top flight football yet you hold no. the record for the most seasons in the English Football League with 112 seasons. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've never we've never played in the top flight. We've never played in in the in the in the Premier League or at the top flight. We've listen we've had, we've had some real great memorable games. Um we've knocked Everton out the cup, we've knocked Tottenham out the cup. Um Southampton we we've 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 got a real We've got a real good history, but we've never we've never played in the top flight, um, and and I think as well we're not a massive city, Stoke on Trent, and you've obviously got Stoke and you've got Port Vale. We're probably seen as the smaller of the two, mm. um, but we we we're very proud of what what we are. Um, we're a proper we're a proper football club, um, and I think that we are we we kind of the we're kind of the catalyst from this area of of all the the great things. I mean, we, we come from Burslem, so we're based in Burslem in, in Stoke on Trent, which is the mother town. That's what it's called locally. And there's people like Robbie Williams, who was born just down the road from Port Vale. Lemmy, who was the the guitarist in Motorhead. No, no, wow, I didn't know that. I knew about yeah. Robbie. I think everyone knows about Robbie. That's yeah. amazing. That's really amazing. Was. Yeah, Lemmy. There's a blue plaque on the on the front of Vale Park main entrance door where, because Lemmy was born there. And if you if you have a look, the Motorhead played there with Ozzy Osbourne in 1981, and Lars out of Metallica was at the concert. And if I read correctly, there was some kind of connection where he went away from that concert, and that's why why he formed Metallica. So yeah. there's a thing there from from that. Um, I know you play in blue, and um, from Burslem, Josiah Wedgwood was was born in Burslem. The Wedgwood Pottery, which is Wedgwood Blue, mm. one of the first abolitionists of the slave trade. So, um, yeah, we, we've got a we've got a real real good history, um, and a and a a very 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 proud history. And a we we, we just we, listen. We never we. Are we ever going to get the Premier League? Who knows? But we've never been there. But we've still got a great fan base and a great, great, great bunch of supporters. Absolute great. And it, it's a real privilege to to be in a position that I'm in. Um, and I think that well, I was talking about that then about the, the protests and what happened with ours, and which is quite similar with yours. 
um, our owner, and I, and I was listening to Talk Sport yesterday when um, your chief executive came out and made his statement, and I, I, I just thought, wow. But um, we're, we're, our owner, we didn't go into administration the last time. Obviously, our owners now wanted to buy the football club, Carol and Kevin Shanahan. And we knew they wanted to buy, and we were talking to them all the time. And and our previous owner came up, went onto Radio Stoke on praise and grumble after the game, and basically said, "Mark Porter, black and gold, you'll get what you want. If I don't get a buyer by this date, I'll close a book, the, the, I'll close a club, and it'll go into administration, and it'll be done." So we had like about seven weeks to try and salvage the club. Um, luckily, Carol, Kevin stayed the distance and bought the club and and the and the rest is history. I mean that's quite incredible really, isn't it? I didn't know all that. I Ross actually side note, if you can grow like a, a handlebar mustache, I think you'd look a little bit like Lemmy to be honest. I think you'd fit that bill oh, quite yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. That'd Just saying good. that because of the hair length, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask actually a quick a side question about being a, a Vale fan actually, Mark? Yeah. Do you guys go by the Vale more or, or, or the the Valiance? Like, which one do you use? Um, well, it, uh, we go a bit like both, really. Yeah, we, we, we'll call it the Vale. Um, but the Valiance, I think the Valiance. I, I think we're more the Vale. But yeah. The Valiance had nickname, and um, I think it's it, it's the Vale. It, it's yeah. the Vale, and I think there's only two teams in the UK. In, in, well, no, in England, that aren't named after a place, and that's right. Port Vale and Arsenal. Yes, yeah. No, it's, it's a great – you've got good choices. I feel like the Vale sounds like some sort of institution, and the Valiance obviously speaks for itself. That's a good uh, – you're Valiant when you win playoff finals and things like that, and, yeah. and you're the Vale when you have to come together as a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right there. <laughs> I mean, talking a little bit about, you know, kind of history and stuff like that, you know, we'll, we'll get on to kind of ex-players in a minute because you threw some, you know, off-air, which I, I had no idea about and I felt like I should have done, really. But, yeah. you know, just just talk to us a little bit about John Rudd, really, because obviously one of the one of the main news points from, from the connection between the clubs over the last couple of days has been, you know, the, the John Rudd statue. Um, yeah. And, you know, some people listening to this will be fully aware. They might have even donated to the cause, which is absolutely fantastic. But... You know, for those Reading fans that, that that don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure every Port Vale fan knows exactly who he is. Um, but with you know, with our fans, if you could just share a little bit about who John Rudge is, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, so John Rudge came to Port Vale as an assistant manager and a coach in 1980. Uh, he was assistant to John McGrath. He was made caretaker manager in 1983. His first game was in uh, as manager was 17th to 12th. 83 versus Lincoln City, and we lost 1-0. He was made permanent manager in 1984. Um, his first game away, probably you're going to like this one, was Oxford, and we won 2-0. Um, yeah, I love that, Mark. That's a good <laughs> yeah. I've written that down somewhere. <laughs> so he, his record is unbelievable. He was promoted from Division 4 in 1985-86. Promoted Division 3, 88-89 via the playoffs, beating Bristol Rovers 1-0 and the two-legged playoffs then before they were at Wembley. Um, we finished eighth in the championship in 1996 and 97. We, we, on the 3rd of May, 1998, 
we won 4-0 at Huddersfield and relegated Stoke and Man City into the third division, which was a, you know, how things change in years, but that was a, a good day for us. Um, but, um, yeah, we were the Autoglass Trophy winners in 92-93, the Anglo-Italian Cup finals finalists at uh, Wembley in 95-96. We lost 5-1 to Genoa. Uh, we, we'd beaten FA Cup, we'd beaten Tottenham Hotspur, Derby, Southampton and Everton, who were the cup holders. Uh, John's final game was against Swindon Town in 1991 on the 16th of January, which would have been yesterday. Uh, we lost to Swindon Town 1-0. He left the Vale after 843 games on the 18th of the first 99. So tomorrow is the anniversary of his, his sacking. He's the club's longest-serving manager, and he returned to Port Vale as an advisor to uh, Neil Aspin, who had Lee Nogan as his assistant. Um, in 2017, he was made club president in August 2019 after our current owners took over. He is an absolute legend. He's a lovely man. Um, he did go to Stoke as the director of football after he left Port Vale, but the measure of the man is when he came back, he's been welcomed back with open arms. And, you know, he's so thankful for what the Reading fans have done with the donations. He, he, he rang me the other day and said, can I get the number? And I got him Sarah's number. And I, and as you know, he's he's, he's rang Sarah today and, and spoke mm. to Sarah. I mean, how, how far are you off to getting that, that statue sorted, you know, finance-wise? Well, well we, we, we're trying to raise £100,000. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what it was going to be three years ago, and I think it's there or thereabouts. Yeah, um, probably a little bit more, but we, we stay still saying that it's going to cost us a hundred thousand pound. You guys have donated around eight thousand pounds this week, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, we can, that is incredible. Yeah, we can, really, we, man. oh, absolutely incredible. And for for a hundred thousand pounds in in this area. Stoke-on-Trent is a very, very poor city. There's not a lot of money. There's mm. there's a lot of poverty. It's 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 a real. We're having real tough times up here, and we've ra- we raised uh, we, last Saturday. We were just under eighty thousand quid, um, and we're at about eighty-eight thousand now. So we've got about twelve thousand pounds left to raise, um, and. The reason why we're doing the statue is we thought it was good to honour somebody while they're alive. Uh, you know, they put these statues up after the people have passed and, you know, they never see those, do they? But this is something we wanted to do for John and we want to get it up for his 80th birthday on the 21st of October. And with the help of the Reading fans this week, I think we're going we're gonna to do it. We are going to do it. We've rang the sculptor this week and said... Start the build because we we we're confident we'll get there. I'm feeling quite emotional. I don't know about Ross, but I'm feeling quite emotional where Mark actually to be honest to listen to you say this because you know forget football. The sentiment of what you're trying to do, whether it's you know football, whether it's you know a, a local not celebrity but local servant or whatever. I I just think it's incredible, and you know our our fans really have have come together this week. And obviously, you know, compared to what you've already raised, it's not much, but. I just, I'm just really, really proud of the link that we've we've started to develop, and you know I hope everyone listening 
uh, you know, to this podcast, whether they're Vale fans, whether they're Reading fans, whether they're just a football fan, kind of, you know, appreciates that because it it's rare to see in this day and age, isn't it, Mark? And, and I think, you know, you, you talked about your you know, your manager there and, and kind of the area and the similarities, you know, I, I always I always say we should do something for Steve Koppel, who I just think is, is amazing and, and you'll know about him anyway. But Ross, if you if you had a choice, who would you make in from a statue point of view from, from Reading Football Club, who would it be? Uh Kingsley, Queensley and Princely. That's a rubbish answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I think it would have to be Eamon Dolan uh, yeah. for me. It's either Eamon or Sir John. It's one of the two, you know, the builder of the modern club or the builder of the modern academy, really, isn't it? Well, here's another one for you. You both just mentioned two names there. So, Sir John McJatsky, born in Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Coppel. His uncle, Mickey Hulligan, played for Port Vale. No Uh, way. Yeah. Mark, yeah. I love how you can just regurgitate. I can't even remember who I watched in December, let alone I don't know you know, I have fifteen years ago. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I know Ross was was eager to get into kind of ex players. So, yeah. what, Ross? Have you got have you got anything you want to bring up about those ex players at all? Um, uh, that's a great question, Ben. Do I have anything I want to bring up about ex-players? Well, um, I think uh, something we were doing uh, off-air, which I think would be good to bring on, and, and maybe you, uh, it would be, you know, which of the, the current players um, or, or which, uh, which players have played for both teams. Um, now, Mark ran through um, a few uh, before we got on, and I, I'll, I'll let him do that again in a moment. But um, the one that, that stuck out for me was Andre BK. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit younger than than some of the fans um, listening, and but uh, BK, I, I had no idea that he played for Port Vale as well. He's a kind of a funny character for Reading. How? What? What are your memories of him for Port Vale? I, I'm not sure if he played in our relegation season, so I don't uh, know. No. <laughs> <laughs> 2017, he played um, for, for Port Vale. Um, he played for Reading in 2006-7. Signed for the Vale in 2017. Um, Another one that played for both clubs, John Clark. He was a defender who played in the Vales youth team and freed in 2022 before he joined Reading. Um, Tony Rouget. Tony, who, yeah, love, love Rouget. Love and hate yeah, him. Yeah, yeah he, he signed for Reading for 320000 for from the Vale in August 2000. Um, Alex Smith, left back midfield, who joined Reading on a free transfer from Vale in 2001. Uh, Lee Nogan, obviously Lee Nogan, he scored a hat-trick for, for you against us. Uh, he was the assistant manager at Vale to Neil Aspin, 2017-19. to 19. And, of course, now Andy Crosby, who's our manager, was the assistant manager at Reading in 2013-14. I mean, on, on that, I mean, that, that I, there's a lot that I've learned from this podcast already, and I... I completely forgot about Tony Rizzi, you know, being brought from from you guys to us. I mean, you know, on that note of Andy Crosby, and it's it's quite nice to talk to a football fan where they can just kind of focus on on pitch stuff, you know, in terms of like yeah. formations and results and and players and that. In in terms of where you're at on the pitch at the moment and, and league table, are you are you happy with how things are going this season? Or do you expect it to get even better in terms of kicking on to the playoffs potentially? Like where where are you out of your manager and players at the moment, Mark? 
Right. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, first game of the season, we went to Barnsley away and lost 7-0. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I remember us all, you know, being excited at the end of our... Because we played Port Vale second, obviously. I remember yeah. the Reading fans thinking, oh, great, well, we can get ourselves started here. Yeah, and, and you lost 1-0, yeah, didn't you? Lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do and you know what? Um, I, I felt quite... <laughs> I felt quite happy because I've, I've only ever seen us beat Reading. Mm. I think I've seen us win once. At, was it Elm Park 1-0? Um, okay. and, and I remember you being 3-0 up, Lino Ganatrick, and we came back 3-3. But we've never really had a lot of luck with you. Um, and and, I, and I, I can't remember. I think the, the, the way end at Elm Park was open, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I, was, I remember that game, that free all game. I do remember that, actually. Yeah, and I remember standing there one game and, oh, God, it rained. And I got absolutely soaked. Absolutely it's, soaked. Do you know what? It's funny. Whenever I talk to away fans or, or you know, to fans of different clubs, that their memories of Elm Park is always that it was raining and it was nighttime. It's like, they, you know, we never had games during the day and it was never sunny down here, but it was, trust me. But it's, it's just quite amusing that people's, you know, memories are of that, uh, you know, rain and darkness. I, I remember somebody, I can't remember who it was, but there was a Vale fan. It was a husband and wife, and I was stood outside, and he, they'd been in a shop. There was a big shop not far from it. And I remember it, she, she was saying something, and he said, I can't believe we've just gone in there just to find out what the price of the bread is down south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it's, it was it's a funny old that. area, really. Funny old area. Um, but you know, in in terms of where you're at at the moment, obviously it's been yeah. a bit up and down. Do you do you think you can kick on from here, or is, are you kind of accepting that it's going to be mid table and you know, kind of on the beach in in March sort of stuff? And we'd love to be on the beach in March, so not a bad. Um, no, I don't think we're safe yet. Don't think we're safe. We've got to put. We've got to push on. We've had a we've had a pretty poor, pretty poor. We we, we did okay up until. November time. Then we went on a right slump. We got into the uh, quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, which was was fantastic. Um, we haven't really kicked on. We've we've had a few bad results. We had the odd win here and there, and then um, and then obviously we've had um, some loan players, three loan players that were all internationals. Josh Thomas from Swansea. Uh, Alfie Devine from Tottenham and um, Oliver Arblaster from Sheffield United. Now, um, Josh Thomas has been a bit in and out, so I'm not sure how he, he's gone, but he, he plays for Wales on the 21s. He's been recalled. Oliver Arblaster, absolutely phenomenal. He, he will definitely play in the top four sides in, in English Premier League. He was, he's been called back by, by Sheffield United. Alfie Devine from Tottenham. Phenomenal player. He's another one. He's trained with the England first team not long ago and also in the England under-21s and under-20s. He He's just been recalled yesterday and then signed for Plymouth today. Um, so we've just brought um, a lad in from um, Reese Williams from Liverpool, centre-half. Mm. So it's all about really about this window, this transfer window, and, and mm. to see what we can what we can do and what we can what we can buy and, and bring in because I don't know. I don't think we'll go down. Um, and I think we'll finish probably 
med, med, maybe med just below med table, which really yeah. is, is is staying up in League One. It's a hard, it's a hard league. Yeah, it's a hard league. You know, it's not an easy league. Well, I mean, there's a, there's an interesting block of teams in and around you on the same points. You know, you've got Shrewsbury, Cambridge, obviously Wickham, who you play at home on on Saturday, and and Charlton as well. I mean, these, you know, historically that, you know, they've done all right in this league, really. Um, obviously Wigan just below, <clears throat> we, you know, we play them on Saturday, so there's some tense games. And I mean, what are you? Nineteen points off the playoffs. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky that. And I think you know, looking at, at where everyone else is. I think you're probably yeah. right. I think you probably need a couple more wins just to give you that cushion. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously, from if you're speaking from a neutral point of view of League One, there's you know, come sort of February March time, there's potentially going to be three leagues in one there because there's going to be a block of teams in the middle that you know won't get relegated but can't make the playoffs and they're just kind of playing out their season. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an absolute bum fight down the bottom with with probably what six or seven teams that could realistically still get relegated at the moment. And obviously, yeah. you know the, the the top positions. I mean, that's really tight at the top of the league as well. So, I I think you know, and we've talked about this a lot on on the main pod, myself and Ross. But we we have been surprised at the kind of the evenness of the way that teams play yeah. in this league because it's it's been a long time since since we were here and and things have changed. And actually, it's you're right. It is a tough league to to you know to to compete you know regularly and really. Yeah, and I think I think as well you've got teams that have come down from the Championship who've still got players in, from the Premier League in them. I mean, look at Sheffield Wednesday last year; they got Barry Bannon. Um, it, it's it's. I, I think I know you're going through your problems now, but there's a there's a big there's a big debate to have about the distribution of wealth down the leagues. It's yeah, I agree. It's not fair. It's all it, it's it's totally not fair. I mean. Why do teams who get relegated out of the Premier League into the Championship get parachute payments? Yeah. Why? Why? You know, and you could go down two leagues and still have that parachute payment to try and get out of it. I think it has to be more an even keel. Yeah. Um, it has to be more more fairly. But you know, I think when you look at the when you look at the league, and I, I feel that. It's a very evenly matched league. Anybody can beat anybody on the day. Um, I mean, our former manager Daryl Clark has gone to Cheltenham and he's absolutely he's, he's turned them around. He, they didn't, yeah. score, didn't score a goal till he got there, and now they're pushing the way out of the bottom three or four. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's it's going to be tight. It's going to be it's going to be a tight one, um, I, I, and I think you'll stay up. Do you know, well, that was going to be my next question. Do you honestly, hand on heart, think we'll, we'll be yeah. able to get out of this? I don't know. Can I touch on what Mark said real, real quick about like the it not being fair with the money dropping down the pyramid and, and things like that? And um, I think the, the finances of football, it's been a good week for Reading to hit the news with this sort of stuff because it's also hit the news with uh, Everton and Nottingham Forest, obviously. Um, and that's brought more scrutiny on how Manchester City and Chelsea are being dealt with and, and clubs like that. 
And part of yeah. why it's, you know, like there are delays with some clubs and not others is because the Premier League has avoided um, renegotiating a lot of things so that they don't have to give more money to, to the lower leagues. And I think that is going to have to change if they want to get the rules that they want for financial fair play at the top as well. Um, but you're right in that in the, the championship is now with those parachute payments that have been going on for a long time kind of become it's almost like a split league. I, I kind of see the top leagues as you've got the top 10 to 12 teams in the country that can sort of make a run at the top six if they want to, such as Brighton. And then obviously higher up at that list, you, you've got your teams like City and Liverpool. But then everyone below that from about eighth place, you're from about 12th or 13th place in the Premier League down to about 10th place, 12th place in the championship. Those teams are not that far off each other at all. And it makes it really hard, I think, as a League One team as well to come up and stay up in the championship for a few years. I can think of a lot of teams like Rotherham um, that have bounced up and down between those two leagues as well. And it's because I think there is honestly another league, basically, between the top of the championship and the bottom of it. So I think Mark's correct about the the money really distorting the situations with the leagues. And um, yeah, just wanted to comment on that. But yes, do you think we'll stay up, Mark? Was the, was the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you know what? I do think you will stay up. And I, and I think what will, what, will, what will keep you up is the, um, I mean, when we went to our protests, like you're going through now, the, the, the actual fans galvanised the team. And I think your team will be galvanised by your supporters. I've seen today, I think one of your players has turned down moving, hasn't he, from somewhere oh, to stay yeah. and play for you. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we that, I mean, hopefully he's not off to somewhere else that's a bit more exotic than Luton, all due respect to, to Luton. But, yeah, yeah but that's I mean, positive, isn't it? I mean, your, your, your players must be um, absolutely distraught with what's going on. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that you, your, your, your fans, your, your supporters, everybody must do. You must galvanise those players to keep banging on and get behind the team. Whatever protest you do, you've got to get behind that team because ultimately, um, when we were protesting, we were in League Two. We were we were so close to going out of 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 the league, and you don't want to do that. You want to, the more you you're in League One, so you've got a cushion, um, and I think that you can really, really galvanise those teams. And I think as well with your protests, I, I don't know if you're going to ask me about your protests in a bit, but one thing I would say is, if you've got people who are interested in buy, buying buying the football club, they've got to come public, because when Carol and Kevin came public for buying Port Vale, we had an end game. Because supporters will be saying, what's the end game? What's the end game? They want this much for the football club. What's the end game? Mm. But if you've got that end game there, you can say, well, here's the end game. And I think as well, I've read today about your fundraiser for, for legal advice. I think that's that's really good. And that is really a positive step for you. But as well, there will be, there will be barristers and lawyers out there who are Reading fans who will give you advice for absolutely free. So you've got to be appealing to those guys to come out and say, please help us. And I'm sure that they will. Um, 
I mean, I, I guess on that note, Mark, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, really, you, you, you saw you saw what happened on Saturday in terms of pitch invasion, the abandonment. You saw, you know, probably seen previously uh, videos and, and footage and stuff of the march that happened sort of well before Christmas. Uh, the yeah. tennis balls, obviously, would, Eastleigh was, was a big one because it was on national TV, or the, or the game was, rather. Yeah. What, what else do you think... Um, you know, Reading fans can do in terms of the protests and, and moving this forward? Like, what, what else, in your opinion, could, could be done to, you know, to expedite and speed up the sale of this football club? Personally, I don't think you should go on the pitch and abandon a game again because you've done that. That's, that's capitulated your argument with that one and put you right in the public spotlight. I think that would be, to do that again, it, it will dilute it. You've, you've made that point. I think you've just got to keep being maverick and keep keep coming up with fresh ideas. So, uh, you know, maybe staying outside and not going into the 16th minute, mm. um, not not doing stuff. We did a red card protest where everybody in the stadium held a red card up to, to say, get out. Um, so I think it's all about um, what works for you um, and what, what works for your football club. But I think it's all about becoming different because the tennis balls is great. The tennis balls is great. Now I don't know what I don't know what it signifies why they do tennis balls. I, I actually thought somebody said Mike Astley was interested at one point in buying Reading. Now whether that was because they bought the tennis balls from Sports Direct, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, get them sponsored by Sports Direct. There's another opportunity for the for the supporters, but. I think it's about being different and about being about being a little bit maverick and a bit thinking outside the box really. So you've done you've done the you've done the pitch invasion. And 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 I know I could hear when I when I was listening to it, I could hear people shouting them get off, off, off and all that. But fair play to those who stayed on because mm-hmm. they've really, really um Brought your your um, your plight and, and what you're going through to the fore, so it's just about being like that, really, and just changing tacks. The march is great. Um, I like the, the Charlton. I think it was 2016, 2015, 2016, when they threw the um, they they had like plastic pigs that they lobbed on the pitch. I thought oh, was, yeah, that, that yeah. sticks in my mind, you know. And was and that guess, pigs might fly? Yeah, pigs might fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was against. Was it Coventry? Yes, it was. It was Coventry. I was actually talking today. <laughs> I'm not going to drop his name, but I was actually talking today to the journalist that reported on that, um, who who told me he was there with that pigs might fly because <laughs> he told me about that one. Yeah, and 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 things like that are different, aren't they? Um, we 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 didn't buy anything from the kiosks, and, mm. and and listen, we had a lot. Like now, we we've got this bond now, Reading and Port Vale. We're we're guiding you with with what we went through, and we're 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 really supporting what you're doing. Mm. Um, when when we went out, we had um, Blackpool supporters who came to our supporters club meeting to to support us. And the reason why I rang the Blackpool and said, "Can you come and, and talk to our fans about what you've done?" was because the EFL at the time gave our owner. Um, his mentor was Owen Oyston, who was the owner of Blackpool. Oh, which, yeah, yeah. Which we, we, that, so that was why we formed the link with Blackpool, and they're, they're incredible. 
Christine, uh, Christine Seddon and Tony Wilkinson, who, who were up there at Blackpool, and all the people at the Blackpool Supporters Trust. Absolutely incredible. Mm. They didn't go into a game. They sat, they stood outside. They didn't go in. They wouldn't go in. They stood outside. And some fans, probably who passed away, never, ever went back in, in, in Bluefield Road because of what was going on. So I think it's all about um, sharing for the for the for the greater for the greater end goal. And I mean, I know your local rivals are um, Oxford, but we've had we've had people tweeting us who are Oxford fans supporting your your cause and what you're going through. So that that's really really positive. Yeah, and I think what greater game is it than football for what we do? I mean, you can you go back in time and look at Bradley Lowry. Yeah. The football world came together for that young lad like you've never seen. Unbelievable. Really yeah, really, really good point that. It's um it it's just been really great to, to see and yeah, you'd ask Red, any Reading fan; they don't expect anything from anyone, and and you know, well, apart from the EFL, obviously. But in, in terms of, of of helping, and it's just been really, really good to see. And that was that was the purpose of the of the pod, really, Mark, to get you on here and just kind of talk about your club and just give a little yeah. background to, to what you guys have, have been with. Um, and do you know what though? One thing about it is, it it, it happens everywhere because yeah. Hillsborough, the football world's got behind. Um, Liverpool, hasn't it? From from mm. that, for, for the for the complete miscarriage of justice that's gone on there, and and I will I will say one thing that we've seen that the post office versus Mister Bates and about this miscarriage of justice with post office masters, that's because the the people have seen what's gone on, it's gathered that momentum. People are not happy about it, and you see what's gone on with what you did on Saturday. Um, that's gained momentum, and I feel that that probably will really put you in a lot of good stead with a lot of supporters groups, a lot of people in the general public, a lot of people in the area. I know, I know, my phone's not stopped bleeping all week. And notification, I had to turn it on silent at one point because the notifications was <laughs> like um, just going crazy. And on Sunday. Um, and, and you might laugh at this, and but this is this is completely true. Sunday afternoon, uh, I take my lad to drop him off for his football game in the morning. I came in the afternoon, and about half four, quarter five, one of the committee on the supporters club ran me and said, "Oh, we've had two hundred and forty quid donated from some Reading supporters." And I went, "Oh, that's amazing." I'd had a few beers, so <laughs> I'd had three or four beers, and <laughs> I'm thinking, "Okay." So I actually sent a sent a sent a tweet out on on um, on Twitter that basically just said, um, and I'll read I'll read you the tweet right now. What what I said? I basically put on, thank you for all the donations from the Reading fans to the John Rudd Statue Fund. Incredible gesture. At Vale supporters, stand with you in your fight for your club. I put a link to the GoFundMe page so people could see who donated. And then I put Football United, PVFC Reading. And about 10 minutes after I looked at it, and we'd had 7,000 likes on it. And then it, it gathered momentum and people were just donating. And I'm thinking, that wasn't why I did it. 
And 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 to be fair, when I've looked back now, I'm, I must have had a, I must have had more than one drink because I I didn't spell thank you. I put, if you have a look at it, it says than you because <laughs> and and it's had forty one thousand views and eight thousand eight thousand pounds in donations, which I can't thank you lot enough for 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 what you've done. And all I can say is, Port Vale supporters, the Port Vale Supporters Club Trust will stand with Reading supporters for as long as you need us to help you in your fight, like what we went through, so you can get your club back. Um, you know, Mark. You know, we we appreciate, and obviously, you know, myself and Ross are just we're just idiots with microphones, and and we, we're very lucky to to host this podcast of ours. But you know, people listen to that will be will be very grateful. Um, Final question, and I asked this on behalf of Ross because he absolutely loves a football shirt. Yeah, what okay. do the sizes on your shirts, on your Puma shirts, come up like? Are they like as you wear? Are they quite tight fitting? What's what's the crack with them? <laughs> so, um, they're they're better than um, a rear. Yeah. What are you? What who's your kit kit make? We got them and they're ultra yeah. tight. We've- yeah, no, 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 they're bigger. So if you're a, if you're a, well, I'm in a double X to triple XL. Um, in a rear, I would have been a five X four. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Macron, I'd be ten XL. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why Italians? Um, you know, they like their slim fitting stuff. I know. Yeah. No. No, they're good. They're good. The quality's good, and and they're they're proper sizes, really. So an extra large is an extra large. Um, but but yeah, they're they're good sizes. We we got Puma, you see, this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, your home shirt's lovely. I mean, you should never, you know, always that rule where you should never wear another English club shirt, right? But I think on this occasion we can probably make an exception a little bit. Potentially, Both the shirts are lovely, actually, Ben. Just to, sorry not to cut you off. The away one's nice too, with the double stripe down the middle. Okay. Oh no, of course, because they wore that on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Only for sixteen minutes, though. <laughs> well, I saw one of your fans say, "Oh yeah, we were rubbish today. We went missing after 16 minutes." I thought it was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> you know what? Let's take a positive. We didn't lose. Well, yeah, exactly. For both of us, mate. For both of us. Um, <laughs> listen, Mark. Thank you so much for for joining myself and Ross. Um, you know, this evening, we, we you know we really appreciate the time. It's been great to talk to you. Just a, just a couple of things before we go. So obviously, Mark mentioned. Um, so before we die uh, are now doing another uh, kind of tranche of, of fundraising for uh, legal advice really um, obviously as, as Mark said if there's any uh, you know solicitors or barristers or anyone, anyone out there who's listening to this who's a Redham fan or just a football fan who wants to kind of get in touch with with Sell Before We Die website Twitter you can get them through there and obviously the most important one of the lot is is the John Rudd statue about I think we said uh, was it about 12,000 away from it Mark? Um, yeah, we're about twelve thousand pounds away from it, but we will get there. And, and we've got some really nice stuff that we're going to do for Reading for for that as well. So, um, which I've spoken to Sarah about, and she was she's very she was very oh no you have to do that, but we're going to do it, and we're going to we're going to. Um, so basically, we have some. Um, I'll tell you. You can put this out. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> we, we had some. Like the statue, we've got a, a bronze maquette, which is what the statue is going to look like. And we have, we've only got 10. One, um, one's going into an auction. We've sold three or four. 
and they're five thousand. They're worth five thousand. They're, they're worth more than that, to be fair. But we were we were selling them for five thousand pounds. So what we're going to do to for 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 Reading is because you you guys have donated so much money, um, we're going to give the supporters trust star a maquette that's five thousand pounds, and we're going to donate that, and they can do with whatever they want with that, whether they wanted to auction it off, raffle it off, whatever they want to do. And that will be our gift back to the Reading fans as a thank you for what you've done to our statue. Um, but but also to show that we're standing with you um, through what you're going through. And, and I hope one thing, I hope that we get to play the game against, against you at, yeah. um, at your stadium because that will be quite an emotional game for us. And I'm I'm definitely going to come to that and hopefully meet one or two of you down there, but I feel that that will be a real good day where we can all collectively do something, mm. not abandon the game because it's a long way on a night game, um, but I think it'll be something that we can do together that will celebrate the fans, um, and and to know that um, we've been through this three times. Oh, I get emotional thinking about it because we nearly lost our club. Yeah, but, but we 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 um, to, to know that we can come down, we can all show our feelings on what this football club's about. Mm. Port Vale now, uh, so you can see the other side of the rainbow. Port Vale now is so much in the community. Our owners do so much locally, feeding people who are vulnerable, helping those who are less fortunate bringing in different people from different backgrounds to help them understand the football game. And basically, our supporters, I mean, they, they, they've even got a group called Golden Valiance where they come in and some some people got dementia and, and they, they, they bring them in and they do so much with them. And football's not about, for me, making, making money. It's about, um, it's about, it's about a community. So, so my great great grandfather took my grandfather, who took my dad, who took me, who I took my son, and I, and I said this on the on the radio the other day. Um, I hope that long after I'm gone, my children's their grandchildren are going talking like I'm talking to you about their great grandfather going and taking their granddad, and I think that's what football clubs are all about. Um, but I think if you if you're finishing this off, I think I'd like to finish on an uplifting, funny story for you, which might make you laugh. <laughs> so uh, we t- we've spoken about the money that the Reading fans have have donated to the John Rudd statue. Um, it was Good Friday last year, two thousand twenty-three. Um, and I, I was I was feeling pretty rough. I'd had a few beers the night before because I knew I hadn't got to go work. And I and I walked into my kitchen and, and I was dressed like Onslow. Anybody who doesn't know what that is, you can Google it on YouTube. I got boxer shorts on a vest. I looked really rough. I walked into my kitchen, and I, and I was making a coffee, a bit hungover, and my phone rang, and I answered my phone. And it was a withheld number, and there was a bloke on the phone who was talking and. And I went, hello? And I didn't understand a word he's saying that. And I said, I can't understand you. And then 
he said something else and went on another rant. And I said, I, I can't understand what you're saying. Who is this? And he said, it's Alex Ferguson. And I went, <laughs> I went, well, I won't say what I said because I bet you don't swear on this, but I went, get, in, in most kind of words, get off. And he went, no, 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 it's Alex Ferguson, blah, 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 blah. And I went, get lost. Don't be so diff. You're being ridiculous now. And I said, in fact, I thought it was my mate winding me up. So I said to him, Sammy, pack it in. Stop being a blah, blah. I've had enough of this. <laughs> and um, he said, no, it's Alex Ferguson. Um, <laughs> Phil Potts has given me your number. And I remember that Phil, who's the treasurer of the sports club, said his, his lad knew somebody who knew Alex Ferguson. He was going to pass my number on. And it <laughs> it generally was Alex Ferguson. So <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> telling Alex Ferguson where to go. And it, and it was definitely Alex Ferguson, and I, I was <laughs> I was quite gobsmacked. And he gave me his number, so we keep him up to date on the on the statue. And when we did some mugs and a video for John at a local um, pottery place, um, I told I told Sir Alex Ferguson that we were going there. Would he speak to John? And um, he said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring me. So we went there, and I I rang Alex Ferguson. Said, right, Sir Alex. Um, I'm going to pass you over to John. So I passed my phone over to John Rodgers and said, John, it's Sir Alex Ferguson. And he grabbed the phone and started taking, talking to me. And he did the same as me. He thought we were winding him off. <laughs> but that's it, amazing. Honestly, that's what a story to end this podcast on. Brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, love yeah. it. Listen, Mark, I, I don't know what to say, really. Obviously, you, you know, you're offering um, the Supporters Trust, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the item for for the money and, and just, you know, gesture of goodwill. And I think, you know, you're right. If, if, if we get to play the game, <clears throat> we don't know what the, the punishment will be. If there's any, if there's going to be any punishment really uh, for the, for the pitch invasion, but, you know, hopefully we can, we can play it and there can be fans in the stadium. But um, listen, it's, it's honestly been, been fantastic to talk to you and, and to listen yeah, to yeah. your, your stories and your, you know, your passion for the club and, and the support for our club. And, you know, well, I can't speak for Ross, but from, from my point of view, just incredibly grateful for, for everything you've you've done and you are doing and, and you know, just, just can't thank you enough for the, the support, really. No. Well, listen, any Reading fan who's listening to this and, and all the Port Vale fans will back me up on this, I know right now you are going through an absolutely horrific time you are worried for the future of your club, you will get there. You will get there. The football world will back you. You will get there. There will be light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you. I, I swear you will get there because football community is so, so important. Mm. And, and I know that we've called for this 16-minute clap across the UK with all the clubs this weekend. They'll back you. We've got so many clubs already backing you. Exeter, Derby, Blackpool, uh, Northampton, um, Charlton Athletic. They're all going to back you and they're going to clap for you in the 16th minute. You will get there. You've got the football world behind you and your football club will, will is going through an awful time now. I hope they don't award the points to Port Vale. I hope they don't fine you or take points off you because for me... They keep finding you. That's just not just just going to make the situation worse. The EFL have to take some responsibility. The football authorities took Roman Abramovich out of Chelsea 
they need to start acting and making sure that those kind of things are done at other levels. So the Reading fans out there, wherever you are in the world, you will get there. This is your football club, and one day it will come back to you. So just keep that faith. That's a Vale saying, keep the faith. Um, and and we, Port Vale are with you, and I hope that once this is all sorted, our two clubs can organise friendlies, and we can have this bond long after I've left this planet because football and community is so important to everyone. Yeah, no, I mean, thank you so much, Mark. And I like that. Keep the faith. Yeah. That's good, Ross. Maybe we'll call the um, maybe we'll call the next podcast. Keep the faith. How about that? Yeah, we'll, keep, we'll keep that in mind for the rest of the season. Yeah. Listen, Mark. Thank you so much for for this evening, and it's been great. And you know, no <clears throat> can't wait to get this out for everyone to listen to. Um, myself and Ross will be back Monday, maybe. Ross, I don't know. We'll uh, work it out. Early anyway. in the week, we'll see. Early in the week, we'll, we'll we'll do a review of Wigan when we can hopefully talk about three points. Uh, we can talk about three points to to Port Vale, who play our kind of semi local rivals, Wickham, as well. So good luck to you guys. Once again, Mark, thank you so much. All the best on the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Um, Everyone listening, Ross and I will see you next week. And uh, look after yourselves. Come on, Redden. Come on, Redden.